The Lord be with you. It's great to sit and visit again tonight. And I had said I would be speaking further on Psalm number 3, but I will be doing that next week. There's been a number of things happened that has restricted me in what I wanted to prepare for that. And so I just want to share something that's been on my heart for these last number of weeks. And it's in Deuteronomy and chapter 33. And chapter 33 of Deuteronomy is uh, how Moses blessed the various tribes or extended families of Israel. And all of those blessings that he gave to them are of supreme interest and importance. But the one that has been uh, in my heart these number of weeks is in verse 24. And it's spoken to the tribe of Asher. It's one of those tribes that unless you know a good bit about the Old Testament, you may not even know there was a tribe of Asher. Uh, but he says, more blessed than sons is Asher. May he be favored by his brothers, and may he dip his foot in oil. And all of that is very interesting. But it says in verse 25, and according to your days, so will your strength be. According to your days, so shall your strength be. And I am sure that there's more than one of you that have put that text uh, maybe on your refrigerator or it's hanging in your kitchen as your days so shall your strength be spoken originally to this tribe of Asher and it's a theme that goes all the way through the scripture and this you might say is one of the seeds the little embryos that is going to grow and grow and grow through the scripture until in the New Testament you come to the word uh, dunamis or strength, divine strength, Holy Spirit strength that is actually infused into our inner core person by the Holy Spirit. Those of us who are part of the family of God have received of His Spirit and now walk in His strength. And so you, you have this in the Old Testament, uh, which meant much to those people. But by the time you come to the resurrection of Jesus, his ascension, and his giving to us of the Holy Spirit, he said, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive, and the word he uses there is dunamis, or this divine strength. This shall be your mark. You will be empowered, infused with the strength of God to live this life that we call the gospel life. It is the very divine humanity of Jesus in us through the Holy Spirit. So um, I, I want to look at it and I, I don't say any more than that. I just want to look at it because it is important that you and I know how we live in the spirit strength and walk in our daily lives in all that we touch and handle in that same strength so strength this this word as i say it dominates the entire bible this divine strength 
Um, and, and it just means that, only I think it would be good to realize that whenever we speak of power, the power of God, in any way, every facet of that power of God must be understood as love power. We must never, when we come to the scripture, think of God in his power or the word that is, is used many times within um, liturgy and in theology, almighty, never, never think of that power as, what shall I say, raw power. Uh, it's, it's not sort of a spiritual atomic weapon. Um, it, it is love strength. The strength of God, the power of God, says 1 Corinthians uh, 1, is, is the, it's the cross of Christ. It's, it looks like weakness to the world, but it's almighty love that lays down its life for its enemies. And this love strength, uh, it, it, it's given to us. And he says, now as your days... As your days unfold, according to the nature of your day, so shall be given to you the love strength, the, the love of God that strengthens you and the strength that strengthens you be love within you. This is, this is what it's saying. And as your days uh, understand, and I think I've said this almost every time we get together, that to the people of the scripture they did not divide human beings up so as we do today <clears throat> the western way of thinking is that you you have a body and if you have a body you go to uh, a, a doctor or you talk about this thing this body and uh, it's almost like a piece of meat hanging in the freezer, your body, and, and, and then there's your mind, and if we're talking doctors, that would be another doctor, and, and uh, emotions, and, and then if we're talking spirit, well, that's got nothing to do with body and mind and emotions. That, that's all to do with church and pastors and preachers and stuff. Uh, no, the Bible never thinks of it like that. For who you are in your spirit, your core person, is reflected outward. And therefore, you, in, in your, what is happening in your spirit is going to have tremendous effect upon your mind and your emotions, even to your body, even scripturally according to that imprint, that fingerprint that you leave upon creation, which is in your work and in your possessions it's strength so this is this is strength of core spirit yes but but it's strength god's love strength in terms of how you think it, it's it's his core love strength in terms of emotions where he gives you the garment of praise where the uh, presence of the holy spirit is marked as joy and peace in the holy spirit and, and in our bodies this strength the very word is used in the Gospels to describe the power with which Jesus healed the physically sick. And, and, uh, and so we're, we're talking about his love strength, his love power that covers the entire spectrum of our human life. 
and in terms of your imprint upon society and upon time and space, your work, that is, um, well, this divine strength is not just something reserved for ministry or missionaries. This divine strength is strength to be the worker you are. It is the ability, the divine ability, to bring the very creativity of the Creator into your daily work. It's, it's quite a word, isn't it? Your, your strength. And it's the blessing promised to us that, that He gives us as our day. Whatever the day holds, whatever the need of the day is, it will be matched by the strength that will carry you through. And so the, the Hebrew word that is used here for strength it is, um, it is everything I've just said, but it, it could be narrowed down. The, the strength of God, as they understood it in the Old Testament, was all sufficiency. Well, I've been saying that. <clears throat> you will be sufficient. You will have the ability to handle whatever is coming down the pike. Sufficiency. It also means security. It's a strength that in itself is a defense. It is, a, well, if we've been looking at Psalm 3, it's that shield around you. It's a strength, a shield that is from the innermost to the outermost. And so you are able to handle. Able is a good word. I'm able. Um, and, and able because empowered and therefore sufficient. And so, if we take in the entire scripture, and that does include the Old Testament, um, David in the Psalms understood that th this strength that is given to us is a strength arising from union with the Lord. We have looked in past weeks where David has said, the Lord is my, and then he'd fill in the blank. I, I don't want to keep on on that, but I would assure you that I have seen more lives come into total rest in Christ on that one phrase. The Lord is my. That is, he doesn't give you a thing called strength. The Holy Spirit doesn't give you this something called power, but rather we in my essential self, we are united with him. It, <clears throat> Jesus spoke of it as in uh, both himself. He said, I am in you like the sap is in the, the vine and produces the fruit. I am in you and you are in me. Then he spoke of the Holy Spirit saying he has been with you. They had seen the Holy Spirit at work alongside of them in Jesus. But now he says that same spirit will be in you. And I, I cannot think of a better word than union. Union. God isn't up and over and he doesn't give stuff. He is united with us. And in being united with us, he is all of his gifts. And so the strength that is spoken of is that God himself 
the Holy Trinity. Jesus said of the Father and himself and the Holy Spirit, he said, we will come and make our dwelling in you. <clears throat> Do you know who you are? Paul said, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? The fullness of God dwells within each one of us. Well, once you have that great sense that He is there, not because you've got goosebumps all over you, but because that's what He has said. That is the gospel. That's the good news of what Jesus came to do, not merely forgive us our sin. Of course, that is the number one. He had to deal with our condition in sin and death. But the goal was to bring us out of that into union with the Father, Abba, into union there with Abba because in union with him, Jesus, and that union actualized in us by the Holy Spirit. That's the good news, you see. That's the good news. And, and so when you realize that, when, you know, the phrase that I like to use, when you is that, when, when you realize that it's not something that will happen up in the future, but is now, is at this moment, then we have a great sense of rest. That is, we have the strength to meet whatever is coming down the road. There's a sense of ease. You are living from strength, not from weakness, not from emptiness. We are living from the strength of God. Uh, which means there's an absence in this strength. There is an absence of anxiety. There's an absence of panic and fear and worry. It's very interesting if you have the New American Standard Version, which um, as far as the uh, Standard Versions go is one of my favorites. Um, the Standard, uh, the New American Standard Version translates this word here, according to your days, so will your leisurely walk be. And I like that. They've translated the word strength as leisurely walk to get at what I'm trying to say here. That is, if, if there's no pressure, if, if the strength within you is greater than all that is coming towards you to pressure you and harass you, if, if the strength within you is greater than that, then uh, there's, there's no... Well, there's certainly no anxiety, there, there's no panic, and, and they've translated it as a leisurely walk in life. And, and really, I can't improve on that. That's, that's walking with no sense of fear. It's, it's walking in such a fashion that you're able to smell the roses that are in this particular minute of life. Notice when David would say in Psalm 23 concerning the valley of the shadow of death, which is nothing to do with death at the end of life. It was something he was walking through right then. And, and, and he said, I mean, it's, it's right there in our face, but he said, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, my, my uh, feeling would be that in the valley of the shadow of death, we might 
run in panic to try and find the end of it but David said walk because if the strength within me if the the presence and I mean that love presence that embracing presence that presence that shares the totality of himself with the totality of me if that presence is within me then uh, I can leisurely walk through life not a person uh, with wide-eyed panic not a deer caught in the headlights but a leisurely walk if I go into the bank to uh, with a with a che withdrawal check uh, for fifty dollars well if I only have thirty dollars in the bank then to try and draw 50 that that's a great deal of anxiety and you'll probably be sweating before you get to the counter but if your account has uh, you know a million dollars in it then you, you'll be laughing and talking to someone else as you hand the check for 50 dollars because you're drawing from an abundance do you see what I'm saying? If I'm living with a sense of weakness, if I'm living in dependence upon my own flesh, then it's a matter of anxiety and near panic. Uh, but if I am living conscious of my life being hid with Christ in God, then it's it's described as rest. It's a leisurely walk. I mean, leisure... Um, Leisure means I've got all the time in the world. The, the, I, I'm living in this now moment. We've been there before. Living in this now moment. That's leisure. You know, that's leisure. Um, if, if I'm always living for a schedule of tomorrow and the next day, then, then today is lived in this tense anxiety but leisure means I have all the time in the world well all the time in the world is actually now because yesterday's time is gone tomorrow's time isn't here the only time all the time in the world is now and so we live in this now moment have you noticed at least I was going to say here in the west I think it's spreading throughout the world but um we rarely, I mean in the smallest details, we rarely live in the moment. Uh, we, we are doing whatever we're doing in order to get to the next thing. To, to sit down and be present to this moment, whatever this moment holds. And I assume that a great many hours of your week it holds whatever your job is, whatever your work is, to be present to that moment and to know that that moment is filled with the presence of the God who knows more about your job than you do and is the source of your strength. That, that's, that's what this is saying. Living in this now moment, not doing this merely to get to the next. Uh, you know the the expression thank God it's Friday well I know what you're saying but that means then Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday you weren't present you were just waiting for Friday 
and of course then Friday you're putting off Monday and so in, in any case you're not living in this moment you're living for a future moment you're running away from a past moment this moment is all the time in the world this moment and to live in his strength in this moment means I'm not overwhelmed in this moment but I am drawing from a supernatural source which is the very life and person of Jesus within uh, Isaiah chapter 40 because Old Testament so he's still embryo is still a seed of what the New Testament is going to bring but you might remember that in um, Isaiah chapter 40 31 he said those who wait for the Lord or expect it's faith on tiptoe uh, wait for the Lord will gain new strength they will mount up with wings like eagles they will run and not get tired they will walk and not become weary that, that's this strength it's that inner ability to walk in life with, with strength and in in verse 30 of that chapter the previous verse it speaks of even young men and the word there would describe the chaps you find at the gym those that are trained like navy seals uh, but it says even they will fall by the way they'll become weary that is it's saying that you, your best flesh your your best human creature strength mentally emotionally physically it, it's got an end it's got a limit but divine strength infused into you whatever situation you're facing carries you like an eagle rising above and you will run and not get tired and you'll walk and not become weary you'll be living from divine strength and Paul describes this strength in Philippians 4 13 um, he describes um, all of life and if you read um, the verses previous in verse 11 and 12 he's speaking there of, of the very ups and downs of life he says and I know how to be abased I know how to abound I know how to have too much uh, an overflow and I also know when I'm on a strict budget he said I, all of life as it comes to us all of life with this unexpected life sad days joy days whatever comes he said and I quote from the Amplified he said I have strength for all things whatever comes I have strength for all things in Christ in that union with Christ who empowers me I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency now that that's this verse come to full harvest when the Holy Spirit in us it is actually uniting us moment by moment with the life of Christ the resurrection life of Christ the triumphant life of Christ 
that this is facing life and his strength my strength my strength his strength I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me this I mentioned a few moments ago this is the the gospel this is the gospel and, and so often uh, so many believers have mistaken the gospel for something that is entirely future asking people in terms of what does the gospel mean to them and it's very sad they, they speak only of after death they're going to go to heaven when they die please understand the early church had no such concept uh, except as a PS they, they had the blessed hope and were indeed they said for me to die is to be with Christ yes that was there but to them it was that in coming to Christ they now entered into the powers of the world to come it wasn't going to heaven when I die but rather being joined to Jesus in his death and resurrection indeed I have died I have died and already through the Holy Spirit heaven has, has begun to work in me and Jesus described this gospel this living of the Christian life as the vine and the branches how many times have we talked about it that that the branch in and of itself cannot produce the leaves and the blossom and the fruit but there's running inside of that branch the life the sap of the vine and all the branch is is the container but then it's it's yielded to it has an organic relationship to the vine so that the vine life comes through the branch and, and the branch produces the leaves and the buds and the flowers and the grapes but it doesn't it does but it doesn't it's the life within separate that branch from the vine and it can do nothing and Jesus says there in John chapter 15 that he is the vine he is this life uh, that, that has a an expression that, that has no limit the, the life the strength and he says that as that sap that vine life that is his life flows through us branches the life we now live I live yet not I it is Christ who lives in the life we produce is not the fruit of our mortal selves but the fruit of the Holy Spirit and so in that same context Jesus said speaking of this day in which we live I in you I abiding or dwelling in you and you dwelling in me it was the total message of Paul Christ in you the hope of glory for me to live is Christ he said Christ who is your life and on and on we could go I say it again I live yet not I it is Christ who lives in me um, and this is so I know that when we we speak and I can't see your face uh, um, 
I, I might tend to give the impression that this is is all you know lightning flashes and bells and thunders and tinglings and all those sort of things but it isn't you are very aware very aware as life encroaches upon you very aware of the weakness of flesh you're very aware of that and you always will be uh but that that's when we we rest in truth the ears of god that that not appealing to my feelings but appealing to the truth of god in the face of jesus now in me by his spirit that yes he is my strength he is my life or i put it this way i how am i trying to say this it isn't that we look at it and see well under these situations it, it, it's possible that he will be my life and my wisdom no it's not possible it is so we're not saying it's a possibility this is not a formula that we've now got to see if it works no we're not dealing with a formula we're dealing with the presence of the god who came in christ present to us by the holy spirit and he is final truth this is not something that's up for discussion or debate we're not saying well probably you'll have strength or let's see what happens or some insane sign i saw the other day try prayer as if they're talking about the latest cold medicine you don't try prayer you don't try jesus you you just fling the weight of your being upon him and recognize that that he is even though i am having feelings that might contradict that but i have come to him who is truth and with deliberate intent lay myself into him and back into the old testament david said the lord is mine is mine didn't say oh please god try and be that oh please god help me no he said this is is this is not time to, to put something for a testing this isn't time to say well if I pray long enough and loud enough he'll no he simply said the Lord is 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 one of the greatest words in the English language the Lord is in this now moment where I have all the time in the world in this now moment the Lord is my strength and out of that flows uh, as I said, this word strength throughout the Bible covers the multitude of possibilities from um, my, my core being all the way through my mind, my emotions, my physical body, out to my daily work strength. Not, not a struggle to achieve something, not trying to imitate Jesus, not asking what would Jesus do, not the dull religious keeping of rules but jesus alive now through the holy spirit living in me so the question is not what would jesus do but jesus what are you doing but what's up lord where, where do we go from here as your day so shall your strength be as your day so shall your leisurely walk be as your day day 
day by day, day by day, whatever the day demands, the strength is given in this now moment because every day is made up of minuscule nows. So whatever the challenge of the now, whatever the opportunity now is opening to us, his strength is equal to that day by day by day. We avoid, I mean we really do, more than maybe most of us think about, but we avoid the direct, the immediacy uh, of such a union, that this intimate union, that in this now moment, now, you see, many people never get beyond praying in the asking mode. You see, every time you ask, it's it's pushing it off in the future. That God will do this. Well, at the end of every prayer, we have the word Amen. And amen is moving from asking to a statement of faith because the word amen is, is actually in Hebrew the word believe. It, it, it means it is so. And so we have asked and now amen receives into this now moment. And um, I say we, we, we try to escape that. Somehow it's... Well, for religion is too dangerous. It, it brings God too close because it means that I'm not saying that when I get my act together, when I have read the Bible through three times, when I pray for three hours every day, then he... No. Now, as my words fall on your ears now, in this moment... He is your strength now in this moment, you see. But we, we try to escape. We escape from now into yesterday. We, and it doesn't have to be yesterday, it could be five minutes ago, ten minutes ago, this morning, whatever. We do postmortems, you know, autopsies on yesterday or this morning or this afternoon or whatever anything that's passed and we do it with the surgical knives we carve up our past with if only if only I had if only he had she had if only and you know another knife that we used to carve up and do our autopsies is, you know I could have I, I really should have. Why didn't I? You know, what if I had? Suppose she had. And it's obvious, but I'll say it, that Satan will always discuss the past with you because that's all he's got. Satan has no hold on now. He has no hold on tomorrow, but he's certainly got a hold on the past. He can drop his lies. Lies that you find 
buried in your perceptions of the past I mean and I'm not going to get off this would take hours but how many times things that happened 40 years ago abuses pain hurt insults and, and into them is dropped the lie the lie that because you were abused you are now dirty untouchable and that lie it, it worms its way down through the years and the decades and and, and we the the lie that you know I could never forgive I I'm, I'm trapped in this this now defines me this is my identity or any any of those thoughts you know that that, that comes directly from Satan the liar the past with uh, and, and our, the regrets of the past the, the, the guilt and the shame of the past they're all magnified and we tend to go back there live there live there it, it's 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 uh, you know the scab and we, it, it's healing and we tear the scab off to make it bleed again and feel it again and hear it again back we go back we go feeding on that which is pain and hurt yeah strength today now means that we give to him yesterday you can't change yesterday you give it to him with all its mistakes with all the hurts that it gave to you or all the hurts you gave to others you see our God is love and therefore he is safe God is love and therefore he is safe you can bring to him to the light and know that he accepts you know that he releases you from guilt and shame and not only forgives but he redeems that past that's that's part of the gospel so that not one part of your life is wasted he can transform and use the past that Satan will only use that past to destroy you and put you in chains put it into the hands of this infinite lover and he uses that past not to destroy you he uses it love uses it but to be actually used in your formation actually becomes part of how you now live in his love he he if i give him the past he exposes the lie he dismantles the lie he dismantles all the lies of your ugliness and your dirtiness and he proclaims you beauty and clean and says what god has cleansed let no man call common is that marvelous verse in the Psalms where, where it says he puts all my tears into his bottle strange text but that word bottle in the Hebrew language is a very specific word it means a wine making bottle 
as if he puts all my bitter tears into his wine-making bottle. And I, I don't know if you know much about wine, but uh, the, the image there is that he comes to you. You know, 2011, he put your tears in his bottle and now he presents it to you as the best wine in the house and says 2011 was a good year because it was all turned, it was made into your formation. It's made you because he took all the destruction out of it. Or, or I've used the illustration many times. I used to be an organic gardener back in New York and, and uh, you know, all the rotten stuff. It had to be stuff that could rot. It, it was, I, I took it out of the kitchen and, and put it in the compost heap. And, and there it, it turned into the very best soil of the garden. Amazing compost heap. He put all that rotten stuff and, and it, it changes. It's transformed into best soil in the garden. He's taken our lives and we might judge the lives and say, I'm useless, I'm worthless, it's rotten. And he, he turns it in the compost heap that the Holy Spirit ever works in and he presents it to us now as the soil out of which grows the, the, the very fruit of God. And so we, we, we give thanks for strength today and, and strength of God that has transformed our yesterdays. But also... I'll try and be quick. We want to escape from now by by fleeing into tomorrow. And that's even crazy, really, because at least yesterday did exist. Tomorrow does not exist. Anything that you say about tomorrow is sheer fantasy because it doesn't exist. You, you follow me? Anything that you say about tomorrow in terms of, of you know it's it's defining my life or this is what is going to happen you don't know what's going to happen it hasn't happened it's fantasy but here we go like some hideous demonic magic carpet it takes us off into this not their land and all you have to do is what if supposing if that happened and off you go into sheer fantasy, into, well, as I say, what might happen, but nothing's happened yet. Tomorrow isn't. The next five minutes isn't. And the very atmosphere of that dark, no world is anxiety. You never go off on that demonic carpet into a non-existent tomorrow and come back filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's, it's that, that's all the horror movies of what could happen tomorrow. All the anxieties of what if and suppose they all bring the anxiety, the worry, the despair, the hopelessness. 
And of course, have you noticed if you're back there in the past, dwelling on that past, if you're off into the future, where's now? Now has been lost. Because you see, as your day, so shall your strength be. There's no strength for yesterday. You just give that to him. There's certainly no strength for tomorrow because it doesn't exist. You see, God is absolute real. So how can he be in the unreal? There's no strength for what hasn't happened yet. It's, it's now, now. It's in this now moment, the, the strength, not in the illusions of tomorrow. We can't have strength for tomorrow because it's not here. We can only have strength for now. And having strength for now and having strength to prepare ourselves as best we know for tomorrow, when tomorrow comes, there will be all the strength in the world. But if I try to have strength today for the fantasy of tomorrow, when tomorrow comes, I'll be drained and still full of anxiety. No, as our day unfolds, so his strength, so his wisdom, so his creative presence for every challenge that is now, for every opportunity, such as I see it now, not as it might be next week. All the temptations of today, I have strength for, not of those I anticipate for tomorrow. And so we walk in life, in this present moment, in this now, in this moment we call today. And as our day so our strength shall be, not dragged back into the past, not lost in some non-existent future, but in this now, living the strength given for now, which in embryo will prepare us for tomorrow. I suppose you could say all of his strength has on it the label, use now. Uh, it, the strength of God doesn't keep, you see. You can't put it in some divine refrigerator. No, it's now. And until it is now, you don't have it. And if you have it now, use it now, you don't store it because what you need for the next moments and the next hours and the next days and weeks and years it will be there when, when you need it, day by day. This is God's M.O. It's, it's the way he operates, always. You know, Israel in the wilderness lived by the manna. I think you know the story, that every day they went out at dawn to collect the manna, the, the strange bread-like substance that God fed them on miraculously. It was there every morning. As the dew and the mist lifted, so there was the manna waiting to be picked up. But if you ever read it carefully, it says that they had to do that every morning except the Sabbath. And the day before the Sabbath, he gave them enough for the Sabbath. But every other day they had to go out 
and pick up enough manna for the day. Now that that's that's good, wonderful. Except it meant that when they went to bed at night, there was nothing left. And if they tried to store it, it, it says it turned into a mass of wriggling worms. You can't store it. So it meant you go to bed at night and there's no food in the house. Nothing. And there's no food in the camp. Can't even borrow from a neighbor. There's nothing. You go to bed in faith, simple, resting in the word of God, that when you go out in the morning, there it will be, waiting for you under the mist and the dew. And so every day they had everything they needed for that day. By the time they went to bed, nothing. And when they woke up in the morning, there was the food for the day. You get the picture. As your day, so shall your strength be. But don't try and keep it. It turns into the worms of anxiety. No. You go to bed resting that <clears throat> all I need for tomorrow will be there. And all I need for this night of sleep is here now. Remember Elijah, as he was fleeing from Ahab the king, that um, the, the first stage of that, it says that the, the ravens brought him meat morning and evening. Now that wasn't even all day. In the morning he had enough to keep him through the day. And then his evening meal was brought. And that, that's, I mean, at least with manna they had enough for the whole day. Elijah was fed twice a day in a supernatural fashion. But then the second part was he was moved from there, Brook Kerith, and he was moved far north to the widow of Zarephath. Do you remember that? And that was even more so. They, they lived by God's provision meal by meal. So every time they went to the barrel for the, the flour, there was only enough there for one meal. And there was only enough oil to cook it for one meal. But then, when they came back for the next meal, there was enough for that meal, meal by meal. It's, I say, that's the way God operates. Why? Because it brings about such an intimacy. If he delivered manna by the truckload, if there was enough manna delivered, enough for a month's supply, well, they go on their way, the mere man is there. With this, every day, every night, every morning, they are in an active state of receiving his strength and his gift. Um, and a relationship, this union with the one who is both the giver and the gift is developed. And you learn to live. You learn to live in a tension of empty full. Because every time I look at my flesh, I'm empty. But if I look and realize that Christ dwells in my flesh, I'm full. And so if I appeal to my feelings and my senses, the report is you're empty. If I appeal to the truth of the Spirit within me, I am full. And so it's a continual, simple, act of faith 
that there is strength for this and that and the other. You learn to anticipate strength, not wait till you get a zap or a feeling, but no, the strength will be there. I, I, I do this because for me to live is Christ. Can I quickly say this before I'm through? Did you know that God's day begins at six in the evening? Um, it, it's, it's interesting, and I mean, the Jewish people still do this. Six in the evening is the beginning of their day. So in, in Genesis 1, at creation, it says the evening and the morning were the first day. That's interesting, you see. It, it, day begins in the evening night and next day through to six from six in the evening to six in the evening that's God's day that's fascinating it means that God's day begins with sleep are you with me God's day beginning at six in the evening means the first major thing we do in God's day is with laid aside our labor we relax and we go to bed and that's the beginning of God's day God's day begins with rest it means then that strength is given at six in the evening and I'm, I'm, I'm being very I mean don't take this too literally what I'm trying to say is when do you anticipate all the problems? When do you toss and turn and think about? It's in the night, isn't it? Night is bad news. Well, it's saying here that strength is given so that as you move into the night, you can do so with peace, knowing you not only have strength for this moment, but when tomorrow, that is the rest of God's day comes, you will have the strength. You, you see your day, including tonight. You, you see the day through the prism of God's divine ability in you. And so you can cast your care upon him, knowing that he cares for you, assured that he is with you. Assured that every person that you meet, you will be empowered to deal with them in love, wisdom. And you can say with David, even though, okay, the worst is going to happen. Well, says David, even though, if, if it comes to that, that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort. And with that, he's able to handle I mean I don't know what tomorrow holds but if he said even though even though I walk through the valley of the shadow if it comes to that you'll be with me your strength will be there and so we sleep through the first hours of God's day awakening to the grace and the strength for the rest of his day and and, and so that waking up resting in God to receive the grace, the manna for the incoming day. It's quite a subject. If you look uh, through the, especially the Old Testament for, for morning, uh, you know, when morning dawns, uh, what, what is it? Psalm ninety fourteen. satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness. 
satisfied. That's as though you have breakfast on loving kindness. But the word satisfy is a word of food. It's when you've eaten enough and maybe too much, you are satisfied. The word could be translated glutted. You, you, you've eaten to the full. That's what the word means. Only it says now satisfy using that word with your loving kindness. So, so what he's saying is that I, I, I will eat to the full God's loving kindness. New every morning are your loving kindnesses and so on. So may that be so in your life as your day so shall your strength be and walk in that blessing the blessing of the father and the son and the holy spirit his strength in you with you through you and by you that is the way it is amen